0: Welcome to the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I'm Deborah Herlax Enos, a small town girl turned TV nutritionist and healthy living expert. I design health programs for the average guy or gal, including those average guys named Metallica. On September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked every oncologist the same question, why did I get cancer? But none of my doctors had good answers for me. I wanted answers, and that's why I started this podcast. I want to help you to lower your cancer risk and provide self-care tips for those in the battle. I'm getting answers, and I want to share them with you. What did I take away from today's episode? Hilda had a great quote, and actually she was quoting Dr. Jack Cruz when she said, you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. It made me think about my cancer surgeries and yes, I became cancer-free, but what did I need to change in my home environment to stay well? Listen to today's episode to get all of our tips. So welcome to Why Did I Get Cancer? I am geeking out from a nutrition standpoint, ancestral nutrition, because today's guest is Holistic Hilda, and I have been listening to her podcast constantly for probably the last two years. I'm not quite sure how I found you other than I'm a fan of Weston A. Price. So welcome to Why Did I Get Cancer? Debra, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled too, and we've already been talking for a bit, and I wish we had recorded it because I just feel like if we live near each other, we would be pals. And so we can be distance pals, and someday we're going to meet. But so we were talking a little bit about my story, and I thought Hilda had a really interesting comment. Because I am into ancestral wisdom with eating and lifestyle, and I grew up on a farm, she was asking me, why did I plunge into a mastectomy? And um, I will tell you that when you hear the C word, not COVID, but cancer, um, but maybe with COVID too... You get scared. I just wanted this cancer out as quickly as I possibly could. It took three surgeries to get it out, and I wish I hadn't rushed. Yeah, I think in hindsight, I probably would have done a little bit more research on it. And that's my story, and everybody's story is different. And even my oncologist said, you know, for this type of cancer versus that, everybody has their own personal experience, and they're all different.
1: Absolutely. But I like what you said about not rushing and maybe exploring options because a friend of mine, I think through some deep technology, medical technology, they found like the tiniest dot of precancerous cells in her breast and Deborah mm-hmm. she went through the whole shebang you know radiation chemotherapy her hair fell out everything oh. and i remember her husband saying i'm just so grateful that we found that you know precancerous thing and treated it right away and i thought wow as i understand it there are a lot of precancerous cells all over our body that never turn into cancer so i was right. I didn't dare say anything to my friends, but I was sorry that she didn't explore other options before doing that to her body because, as you know, those recommended protocols are quite harsh on the body.
0: They are harsh, and I I still feel like I'm recovering. I mean, I, you know, I've heard that for every hour you're under anesthesia, it takes about a month to recover from that, and I probably have 10 hours of anesthesia in the last Year and I had terrible brain fog. And um, so I I think for me, I just, again, I just wish I would have hit the pause button and just spent a little bit more time researching, seeking maybe even multiple opinions. But again, this is my story, and everybody gets the benefit of their own story. They get to all make their own decisions. That's right. That's right. I remember um, when my husband and I were engaged
1: went to see a gynecologist I don't I was a late bloomer so I hadn't seen one yet
0: <laughs> and I was 20
1: something and I went and they were like hey they noticed a lump in my breast and I also mm. got scared and yeah. they couldn't tell if it was benign or cancerous so I went under the knife And um, Mm -hmm. they found it was benign, which was a huge relief. But even with that, I wonder now, you know, that was a choice I made at that time, but maybe, and this is true, I have breasts that easily get calcium deposits in them, you know, so I have cysty breasts, if you will, often benign, obviously every time benign. But um, maybe I shouldn't have been so quick to jump to that. But I have read in a book by T.S. Wiley called Sex, Lies, and Menopause that the traditional way of handling breast cancer, since we're beginning our conversation there. Um, has been cut and then do the radiation and the chemotherapy and that isn't necessarily um, a solution for everyone for the best outcome. In other words, if you compare those who decide to go that route and those who don't, uh, the outcomes are not terribly different. In other words, the longevity remains the same. It's not a big lifesaver. So you really do have to think about that. And you said, pray about that. Absolutely. Consider what your options are because there are more than just those few we've mentioned so far.
0: Yes, that's really true. And again, you know, we all get to have our own journey. And, you know, if your journey is jumping in and doing all of the traditional medicine, do it, you know, do it. But I, I love the idea with just about anything in life, be it a health issue or a relationship issue, push the pause button. It's okay to retreat and consider your options. Yeah. And so um, I know that you're not an oncologist, um, but I'm just wondering your opinion. It seems like everybody we know these days has a friend or a family member who's got cancer who's going through treatment or who's, you know, had it years ago, are are we seeing more cancers or are we just better at detecting? That's a great question. I think it's a mix. I
1: think we are detecting, although if we're better at it, it's hard to say. And I guess what I mean by that is, was my friend's case that would be registered in the medical logs as breast cancer, and she went through the breast cancer treatment, was it even breast cancer? You know, cancer is a label that falls on a lot of different dysfunction in the body. Uh, Yes, cells that have gone out of control and often turned into tumors, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it is um, life-threatening or Mm -hmm. something that couldn't be eradicated a different way. I have a friend that they found this huge tumor in his lung. And, you know, after they pulled it out, Deborah, I'm pretty sure, actually I'm positive, he went back to his same lifestyle. I say, rather than just pulling the thing out and trying to get rid of it, let's look a little bit more at what might've been the cause of it. And I know your whole podcast is, why did I get cancer? So it may be that you might not find an answer, but you may, because there are many factors that can create imbalance in the body that lead to cancer, not just our diet, but also our environment, our relationships, and so forth, they can all lead to an imbalance or a dysfunction that could give you that label that may or may not be necessarily helpful.
0: Right, right. No, And and I agree with that because we go in and we cut it out or we use drugs. And, you know, is that really getting to the root cause? And could it, if we don't go in and fix at a cellular level, are you just going to end up with cancer someplace else?
1: Yeah, it reminds me of that game whack-a-mole at the beach. You know, you pop down one little (laughs) gerbil or mole and then another one comes up somewhere else. And of course, this is many people who have suffered from cancer or patients, that's exactly what they've experienced. So Mm -hmm. I think it's good to analyze where you're at. And Dr. Jack Cruz, who is someone that I follow for kind of quantum health, he was a neurosurgeon and he had a health crisis he was obese and he i think he broke his leg or something and as he was recovering he was saying to himself why am i so sick he didn't have cancer but he was like why is this happening to me i'm Mm -hmm. a doctor and he realized oh my gosh my environment is not conducive to good health i'm under fluorescent lights all day i'm inside all day Mm -hmm. so he has started a a whole journey and he's taken a bunch of us with him to, to explore the power of sunlight and cold therapy for good health. But he mm-hmm. says all this to say, he says you can't heal and then in the same environment that made you sick. And I Ugh. think that's true, not just physically, mm-hmm. like where do I live? What's my environment there, but emotionally and also in terms of diet, we can't stay on the same, very same path and expect that we'll eliminate dysfunction or imbalance in our bodies altogether.
0: It's, and It's so simple. But it's so true. You know, if you're getting sick in this environment, okay, then we remove the tumor, and then you go back to that environment without making any changes. And it's not just food. You know, it's not just food. But again, the lights, maybe, you're, maybe you have bad sleep habits. Maybe you're in a toxic relationship. Yeah. What comes
1: to my mind right now is my neighbor's dog had cancer. That's something I never thought I would say 10 years ago. You know, you were asking if Mm -hmm. cancer is on the rise. I think it is a factor that we're exposed to more and more toxins. I would bet my bottom dollar that that dog sleeps near the Wi-Fi router, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's a toxin that we can't see and that many people dismiss. But I think it's affecting us on a cellular level and Mm -hmm. that radiation that we're exposed to that. Our ancestors didn't have to deal with is exponentially more than the earth's natural Electromagnetic frequencies, so that Mm -hmm. is a factor that I think is is causing a lot of sickness, and people are not putting two and two together because they can't see it. They're like, "My diet is good, I'm getting some sunshine. What's up with this?"
0: Right, I'm taking a couple of supplements, and yet you wonder why you're tossing and turning all night long. Isn't is it because you're sleeping so close to your Wi-Fi router? I recently um, had a Wi-Fi router off button put into my bedroom. So at night I just flip the switch and... They call it a kill switch, but I think they should call That's it a great. live switch. because <laughs> And it's a sleep and it's a melatonin producing switch. <laughs>
1: it's amazing. I had yeah. some building biologists come and analyze my home because I wanted to know what am I exposed to? And they were literally like, these numbers aren't good. <laughs> well, because I live in a row house, let me just say. And okay. right in my bedroom, right on the other side of the wall was my neighbor's router. And mm. they also have cordless phones, which you don't think so. And most of us wouldn't think twice about this, but they emit a lot of frequencies that are not natural and aren't good for you. So I talked to my neighbor that didn't go too well. Um, but I realized <laughs> I can only manage what I can manage. So right. we definitely turn our Wi-Fi off at night. We get a little, um, cloth bag that we try to put over it at times it's supposed to help Mm -hmm. mitigate some of the radiation but I think it is important to look at where we're at and in terms of all the basics like you said sleep nutrition sunshine look at all the basics and recalibrate because our body Mm -hmm. I just want to say this to anyone who's listening right now who is struggling with cancer and, and worried and scared about the future let me just say your body's default setting is health your body is not a traitor, your body is on your side. And yeah. if there's cancer, it may just be the body's way of trying to sequester some toxins. It's trying to take care of it for you. So remember that your body is your friend on this journey as you move toward healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree with that more. And and I actually tell people now, I'm grateful for cancer. I love me a lot more than I did post-cancer than pre-cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I I had some things to change. And as a nutritionist and health coach for 33 years, I didn't have things to change there, but I had things to change in my head. And I've changed them, and it's amazing. So I would say the biggest thing that I realized is while God made me to be a peacemaker, I'm not a peacekeeper. So peacemaking is... Kindness and extending that olive branch to somebody who's, you know, upset you or said something, you know, not so great to you. But a peacekeeper is a warden and you put people in jail and then you need to march around to try to keep the peace. You gotta, you gotta keep, take the people, take everybody's temperature and you've got to make sure that everything is going okay and people are happy. And I played that role for a long time and I'm done. It's not a shift I'm willing to work anymore. Exhausting. Right, right.
1: Wow, because that is exhausting emotionally, right? Exhausting. And draining your energy.
0: Right, right.
1: Wow, that is a good word. And that is one thing I have learned. As you know, I'm the host of the Wise Traditions podcast, and I appreciate your shout out at the top of the program on that. I've learned so much that our health isn't just defined by the diet that we take in our nutrition. Our diet is also what we let into our mind and our hearts, Mm -hmm. right?
0: There's so many more aspects to it. So So
1: really important to pay attention to those things. Absolutely. It is.
0: It is. And I think that we get little messages along the way. And, you know, it's just a little nudge and it's this. And then eventually, if we don't get the lesson that we need to make some changes, we get the sledgehammer. And I got the sledgehammer on September 1st of 2020. And my sledgehammer was, okay, now you have cancer, and how did I contribute to this?
1: Wow, I think that's a question that's probably not posed very often. And we Mm -hmm. all, also so that no one feels condemnation, we all have ways in which we need to grow. And right. you're right. The body might start with a little whisper like, oh, I have a twinge in my elbow. You know, and it's telling you, you have a twinge in your elbow and you're like, mm, until it becomes a, a loud scream so that you have to pay attention to it. And maybe emotionally, um, that was some stuff that you had to deal with to grow. And, Right. Yeah, you're the better for it. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just so much happier now. It's just amazing. And and to just be able to say, okay, you know, I've worked hard to surround myself with people who bring me such joy, such joy, and I guard that fiercely and I don't I just, the old adage of when people show you who they are, believe them the first time is really true. And so I surround myself with people who encourage me and bring me up, and I just avoid the ones who do not.
1: And did you know that one of the best predictors of a positive outcome with treatment of cancer is familial support? In other words, that community that we have around us, whether whether they are blood relatives or not, can make Mm -hmm. a world of difference to our spirit, to our mindset, to the outcome of a physical ailment.
0: Wow! Yeah, I believe it. I've walked through it, and I, I, one hundred percent believe that. I had so much support, so much, so many, you know, flower deliveries. And um, when I did make the decision to um, go ahead and move forward with the mastectomy, my book club, great group of ladies, decided to have a goodbye booby party for me. <laughs> with boob cake (laughs) oh my gosh so you know what you have to laugh what are the other options laughter just boosts your immune system so I'd much rather do that a
1: hundred percent yeah they've done studies that when you laugh or you're joyful your t-cells are rare and to go. And that kind of equips your immune system with the support it needs to function well and to have that balance we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah, it's so important. And it, again, it's just not talked about. Um, but I wanted to ask you another know, question. Um, what's changed in our world and lifestyle that seems to be contributing to higher cancer rates?
1: Well, I would definitely say stress. Mm. You know, for a long time, cholesterol was thought of as the factor in, in causing heart attacks. And other studies have indicated that it's actually stress and think about it. You've heard of people having heart attacks when, like they'll say, don't, don't give me a heart attack if you surprise me or startle me, right? You're, it's Mm -hmm. a stress response. So Mm -hmm. our life we thought by getting more modernized, you know, what they said when the washing machine came around, they thought women would have much more free time. They wouldn't have to be washing clothes by hand. So they'd just be relaxing. Right. That didn't prove to be true. It's around like eating bonbons. <laughs> the more gadgets we've added, right. the faster the pace. And so, yeah, I think stress is a big Factor in cancer, and I'm I've interviewed a an author Brandon Lagreca who wrote a book about cancer and mindset. I'll try to publish this one soon since we're having oh, this conversation great. It's in the queue. But he talks very much about our need to learn some ways to manage stress um, because this is the world we live in, and so our ancestors, mm-hmm. for example, would have that acute stress of uh, a leopard is chasing me, let's say, you know, or you're on the hunt. So your heart is beating fast and you're trying to get that prey. Okay. That's one thing. And then they would go relaxed by the fire. Once they got it or didn't get it, they'd go home and more of their life was not spent in that fight or flight mode, but our lives are like, mm. oh my gosh, I don't even know. I want to say 70%, but it's probably higher in that mode, which elevates the cortisol, suppresses the immune system function, and so forth. I know I'm telling you things you already know, but I, I think it's really critical for us to look for ways to lower that stress because it doesn't seem to be getting any lighter on its
0: own. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think in this um, season of COVID and fear and censorship, I, I, I feel the stress and I know what to do, but yeah.
1: Last night on my way home from work, I was listening to the radio and I thought, well, let me just tune into one of these news stations. By the time I got home, Deborah, I was, I felt so dejected and despairing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever you think of the source of the virus and how things are going, the news is a a buzzkill, you know? I was like, I don't need this in my life, so my diet, at least for the rest of this month, I'm going to make a strong effort to not, is to not listen, and I mean my diet, what I'm letting into my mind, and my heart, and my spirit, mm-hmm. I am not going to be listening to that, why, because it just drags me down, and right. if I didn't have that news, I would still be enjoying the company of my family, and, mm-hmm. and enjoying my conversations with friends like you, and you know, I just, I don't need that in my life right now, and just imagine the individual who is taking all that in and has no other connections with people. Like that's super, super discouraging and disheartening. And listen to that word too, discouraging, taking away your courage and your strength, disheartening, Mm. weakening your heart. So we don't want to go there.
0: Wow. But you're right. I've never thought about that discourage, disheartening. That doesn't set you up to battle disease, illness, or traffic. Right. None of the above. No, exactly. None of the above. <laughs> but Deborah,
1: I want to mention, since you said the word battle, this is one thing I've learned a little bit through talking to health experts and such about all things related to wellness, including cancer, is that what if instead of a, a fight against disease or cancer or what have you, COVID, um, what if we looked at our bodies as a garden where we wanted to cultivate health? Like I can even just feel in my own spirit as I think about a battle versus gardening, <laughs> the difference in my spirit. You know what I mean? So um, now you spent many, many years cultivating health and, and still you had to fight at one point or another. But I like that idea. Like let's tend to our bodies. Let's cultivate health so that it doesn't become a battleground.
0: I really like that. And when I think about what people said to me during my my cancer season is She's deep in the battle. She's deep in the battle, and there were days. Absolutely, it felt like a battle to even get out of bed, or you know, dealing with cancer during COVID. When my husband would no longer be allowed to go to the hospital with me, you know, it was it it, that felt like a battle. It did feel like a battle. But when I was home in my quiet time, I I didn't want to battle. Battling is is exhausting.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And tending the little things, and I know we'll get to this in a little bit, like the little ancestral hacks and self-care steps we can take to build a strong kind of wall of defense so we don't have to battle. Those things bring joy, you know, getting out in the sunshine, eating food that's nourishing. I just had the most amazing lunch with farm fresh eggs and farm fresh sausage and some tomato sauce. It was amazing. And it wasn't fancy. It just nourished me deeply. So that's the kind of thing that we want to have more of in our life. And that's actually a simple way to detox. I was mentioning earlier that I think the source of cancer is a lot of toxins in our, mm-hmm. in and around our bodies. So uh, detoxing may be just making simpler choices that actually nourish you rather than letting other things into your body.
0: I love my cell phone. I love my AirPods. I admit it. But what I don't love is the radiation and electromagnetic frequencies that are coming out of both of those things. So all of a sudden I got this ad on Instagram about this product called WaveBlock. Honestly, it seemed too good to be true. So I called the owner, his name is Ben, and we had an amazing conversation about this product he created basically to protect his kids from EMFs that were coming out of cell phones and headphones and you name it he explained the whole process to me, how he took it to Europe to get it tested, and how it really can block the EMFs that are coming out of our devices. So I've got a great coupon code for all of our listeners today. Go to the WaveBlock website. It's in today's show notes. Use the code ENOS20, and you can get 20% off of his products. Two of the products that I'm currently using are his wraparound WaveBlock for my AirPods, and then I also also just got a new cell phone and he has a sticker that can go on the back of the cell phone that is also going to help to knock down the emfs it just gives me a little bit more comfort i think with using these items go to today's show notes to get your 20 percent off coupon for wave block Thank you for joining me today on the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I've got my shopping guide for all of my cancer self-care items in the show notes, along with information about today's guest and our show sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. Keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a gal that got diagnosed with cancer and wanted answers. If you need medical advice, please be sure to consult with a medical professional. And thank you for listening.